I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WSUT's After Further Review here. As we got David the Man of God Harris's 2.0 mock draft pick 16 through 32. Couldn't have the, we're actually live in the studio. You can't listen to us because the transmitter is down over at Scott Park. So you listen to nothing but jazz over there at WXTS. Uh, hopefully we'll have it back up soon and running. Uh, hopefully we'll be in the new studio. Got a little update on that. It's uh, no update, actually. It's still the same. So uh, we, we got that going on and everything. So we're kind of back to the old school board. I thought I could play some music behind uh, David the Man got here with his picks, but uh, that's not going to actually happen. We're also on Facebook Live. Uh, David uh, has been here on the show the whole time. Once again, thanks to Darren Cohn, the coach, calling in uh, for us and giving us that full plethora. That's right. I used the word plethora of knowledge for basketball. And David the Man got here is chipping in. Also, we had this segment earlier with Frank Vaster. He had to go on a boys trip. So there might be some women there on the west side of Michigan or the west side of the glove. But let's welcome in David the Man of God Harris. What's up, man? We're going to be doing picks 16 through 32 for your mock draft. We did picks 1 through 15. Make sure you check that out also on our podcast at WXUT's After Further Review on SoundCloud or just After Further Review on iTunes. Like I said, you can either get, I think it might go through Google Play or get the SoundCloud app, and then also obviously just go to the iTunes store and, and, and you know subscribe to our uh, podcast, and we'll always uh, update them for you. But David, let's go ahead and uh, look at some of these picks. And uh, are you ready to go? We'll start off with number sixteen, which goes to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens played safe. I was thinking Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Straightforward, you know, Baltimore always looking for that next great offensive lineman to help protect Joe Flacco. And it's just, you know, it's a Baltimore thing, kind of making sure that that offensive line is as solid as it can be. Because I think one of the best linemen in this draft and kind of a clear and easy target. Ah, okay, now we go to number 17. Used to be San Diego. Don't call us that. We're now in L.A., the Superchargers. Yeah, here, they've been going defense the last couple of drafts early, and I think they continue that thread. I've been taking Leighton Van Der Esch, the linebacker from Boise State. Okay. Gives them, a little, gives them a little depth, but then also, it's a need. And there's a lot of solid defenders and linebackers in this draft. What about at number 18, the Seattle Seahawks? What do they need? It seems like they are just falling apart. Well, it looks like they're trying to rebuild now. I mean, it looks like the franchise is going to be, you know, getting a little younger. And also, it looks like the focal point is going to probably be Russell Wilson. Yeah, and that's thing because of the losses that they've had this offseason, they have to start replenishing that secondary staff. And I think they'll spend a majority of their pick on the defensive side namely that secondary. I've been taking Josh Jackson, the cornerback from Iowa. 
one of the better cornerbacks in the draft, of course. But it, it's a pressing and glaring need. So I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle went defense the first two or three rounds. Well, duh. I mean, <laughs> Bennett's gone. What is it? Sherman's gone. I mean, that whole – the Legion let's, – let's face it. The Legion of Boom is now the Legion of Bust. Well, yeah, but I've seen a couple of mock drafts where they've, where they've been, you know, predicted taking wide, a wide receiver cover in Ridley or an edge rusher. And, yes, an edge rusher is a knee. But I think because of the loss of Richard Sherman, because you're not really sure what you're going – or how healthy the rest of that secondary is, uh, you have to start replenishing fast. And while you can get – there's a plenty of edge rushers in this draft. You can get, We've seen – you can get a wide receiver a second, third round that's going to be an elite playmaker. Just look at Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, so you don't need to go offense right away. You you really can't afford to not go edge rusher, but I think you know, secondary, first and foremost, has to be the greatest priority. Hmm. And now we go on to the Dallas Cowboys at number 19. Uh, they're saying Dak Prescott had a little bit of a sophomore slump. I think also that was because Ezekiel Elliott was out for six games, which I still think Zeke should have just did the first six games instead of trying to drag it out. Des Bryant, he ain't the same old Des Bryant. Even the Cowboy coaches are saying he's kind of uh, losing it a little bit. You can't take too much of the top off the defense. And not to mention a lot of other scouts say and analysis, an, an analysts say that um, – Des Bryant can't really run really crisp routes. Where do they go with this pick? And this year is a, we're a draft where there's not a lot of good wide receivers. Uh, what do they do? Yeah, and again, I've seen mock drafts where they go wide receiver. I haven't taken, I haven't actually shoring up and kind of adding depth to that defensive line. I haven't taken Duran Payne, the defensive tackle from Alabama. But again, there's plenty of wide receivers. You don't need to spend a top 20 pick on a wide receiver that where there's a lot of depth at the position, as there is every year, and you can get a pretty solid top-tier defensive lineman, an interior lineman at that. Now we go from the Cowboys to the Detroit Kittens, or a.k.a. the Lions, one of Frank Bastner's favorite teams. Yeah, and I mauled back and forth. I thought about, do they go tight end here? Do they go defense as well? There's some needs. But I'm actually going running back and taking Darius Dice, the running back from LSU. I just think, and we've talked about it before, this, you know, throughout the past couple seasons. Hey, Matt Stafford can't throw the ball 19,000 times in a regular season. You got to have someone to compliment him. You need to have a running back that can, you know, get a thousand, close to a thousand yards, or if not a thousand yard rush. I mean, Barry Sanders was the last guy. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Yards in a season. David, why like, is it that this franchise hasn't been able to get a running back at least? I now, obviously, Barry Sanders is a Hall of Famer, but come on, the, the running backs have not even scratched the surface, let alone scratched his jock strap to be at least decent. Why is it that this is franchise? They got the quarterback right finally. Why is this a franchise that has not been able to get a running back that's at least decent, just decent? Yeah, and it it really is surprising if you think about it. It's what if you take kind of the average sixteen game season, a thousand yards, you know, seventy, eighty yards a game. You know, it shouldn't be that hard. You know, NFL just to kind of just 
10 carries, 8 yards. Or 8 yards a carry average. And that oh, was 8 yards a carry in, in, the, in the NFL? Well, I mean, if you were to average that for 10 carries, then that'd be your 80 yards in a game. Now, Rich Egan like asked, oh, hold on. Rich Egan asked, just joining me, why is everyone sleeping on the Lions? You move up. He wants to know, David. Well, I mean, this is, of course, excluding, like, where they are draft position-wise now. So I right. expect, and a lot of people expect there to be, like, 18,000 trades, <laughs> mostly for quarterbacks. But I think if, for Detroit, why move up when you can get a player that you need at the spot that you're at? A lot of teams in front of you, really don't need running back. And there may be a team or two that may take a flyer on a tight end that you as a position of need for you. I mean, if you're looking at the teams in front of you, like who are you going to trade up with? Like who's going to want to, well, one, who's going to want to trade down? Right, and what assets do you have to really give someone? I mean, let's think about yeah. what if the Lions were to trade up, hypothetically here, and they got Saquon Barkley. Now everyone's saying he's on an everyday down back, um, but you know what, what, you're giving up three and four picks probably for take on bar. If true. you're going to draft, you know, if you're going to go one or you know top five in that range, he said something about the Notre Dame O line. Do they does does the Lions need an O lineman or? Well, I mean, the two biggest prospects are Nelson and McGlinchey, and I have. Nelson going four to the Browns, and then Lewinsky going to Baltimore at So could they trade up and get – I mean, everyone needs offensive line depth. And just kind of thinking about that division in particular, like you need good offensive line play to protect that Stafford. Because Matt Stafford, year in, year out, because he doesn't have a running back to help us pass kind of protection, because he really doesn't have the best of weapons, if we're just going to be honest, it is a rely on Matt effort. So if you can get a lineman to protect his side, sure, go for it. But I think the bigger need, at least for the short-term immediate, is why spend money on a you know offensive lineman we can get a running back who can complement and be another piece to help Matt Stafford get the ball out of his hand. Because that that's the biggest thing. Like Matt Stafford can't have keep having the ball in his hand and expect you to kind of have these magical runs where he has all these fourth-quarter comebacks. The reason why he has so many fourth-quarter comebacks is because your team is down in the fourth quarter. True, true. What about Chubb? Would Chubb draw? A lot of people are kind of sleeping on Chubb. Some people are saying that the Browns could pick him, and then after that, if the Browns don't pick up Chubb, it's almost like Chubb almost gets dropped down to the second round. Then again, some people might be under the same mentality where you can get a decent running back in the second round. Yeah, and I've seen Chubb. There are a couple of mock drafts where I've seen the Browns trade up to that 32nd pick and get Chubb. But I've also seen Bach draft and where Chubb is kind of mid, you know, early to mid second round. Cause there's guys like even his, you know, college teammate, Sonny Michelle, the, the running back from um, USC Jones. Like there are, like Chubb is not like he's top five running back, but he's not, the clear number two. He may be number three, depending on what you kind of like as your running back. Roland Jones from USC is more of a kind of a speed, like Le'Veon Bell kind of guy, where he's fast, he can catch the ball, as well as kind of be a more shifty 
running back. But then there's also the running back from San Diego State. So it's all depends on Matt's kind of best fit in terms of organization. And so for me, I think because you're playing in NC North where it's physically going up against physical line, namely, you know, Chicago for or whenever they're in Chicago, Green Bay, playing, playing right. Chicago, yeah. and then the other and two teams Minnesota. are in a dome. Yeah, the other two teams. But then again, Minnesota's got Kirk Cousins now. Minnesota's going to pretty much be uh, close to an NFC, at least an NFC title conference title champion, maybe Super Bowl. And then you always got to have Aaron Rodgers, even though he's losing some guys. Um, and then Chicago is on the on the 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 re up the rebound with Trubisky. So the NFC North, the next three or four years, might be one of the toughest divisions in all of NFL. Yeah, and I think because the name of the game is you know scoring points, I think Darius guys gives you the best chance at the running back position to be both a physical running back, but then also the ability to catch the ball in the backfield. So I think he's the best fit in terms of what Detroit needs because they have they have problems at the running back position. Yeah, they do. And then Rich also asked. Oh, Rich over there saying because the Bears suck. He's always talking that trash. But who's the best wide receiver available, and do the Lions even dare go there considering that Matt Millen picked a lot of wide receivers? But we mentioned earlier in the show, and I know he came late, this isn't really a wide receiver draft. It's not rich with wide receivers. So if you need someone that needs to run some of those vertical routes or just even run a route itself, uh, you're going to kind of probably come up short in this draft. Yeah, and I still, for at least in terms of this mock draft, the best wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, would theoretically still be on the board, but again, like, do you keep going back to wide receiver and passing up kind of a running back or even a lineman in the first round? There's plenty of wide receivers, plenty of good wide receivers in this draft. You don't have to go first round unless you're absolutely banking that that's what you need. And the Lions, yes, they need weapons, but do they need a wide receiver more than they need a running back? Like, I would dare to say that they need a running back a little bit more. Okay. Now we move on to the Bengals at 21, and somehow Marvin Lewis is still employed. Uh, one of the great mysteries of the NFL, and they've had a lot of turnover on the offensive line in recent years. I'm them going Will Hernandez, the offensive guard from uh, UTEP. I think one of the more consistent guard or offensive linemen in the draft. I've seen a couple of different names there. I've seen Colton Miller. I've seen Isaiah Wynn. But I think Will Hernandez gives you the best fit being able to play both tackle and guard. Okay, now we go to the Buffalo Bills. We're going to be circling the wagons at number 22. And here's where I have Kava Ridley going because the Bills, unlike you know, the Lions and a lot of teams, they actually need a wide receiver. Don't they need a quarterback? <laughs> I mean, you need someone to throw to him. I mean, they got rid of Tyrod Rod Taylor, who, I mean, he's a decent quarterback. He's a bridge quarterback, obviously, for Cleveland. But he did make a lot of mistakes. But at the same time, now who do they have to actually throw to wide receiver? Well, kind of for those that missed Parker at no part one last week, I had them taking Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's true. So. Baker, which so Colin gets, Cowherd does, it says he is not in on Baker Mayfield. He thinks because of one incident of celebrating at Ohio State and getting chased down by some cops, that Baker Mayfield is not the guy for them. Well, I mean, college people are stupid, you know, tangent 
kind of when we were talking about Johnny Manziel. I mean, he did some stupid stuff. But then it was more like Reese. He came on and said, "If the scouts did their homework, you would have known that he wasn't really an X to the No guy. We're committed to about being in the film room, and you know that's the fault on kind of the um, Brown scouting staff. But then at the same time, like we all know, Johnny Manziel is not an X to the No. Is one get in the film room? We saw that in Texas A&M. He was kind of improvisation, make big plays, and." I hate to continue the narrative of comparing Baker Mayfield to Johnny Manziel because they're two completely different players. I just think Baker Mayfield, kind of the journey that he's taken to be the Heisman Trophy winner, to be a top-tier quarterback, like he's earned his strike. Yeah, he's a walk-on twice. That, he walked on to two teams, and, and, and now the Heisman Trophy winner. I think that's what's been lost through all of this. Rich says, who hasn't been chased by cops? Well, I haven't, Rich, but uh, <laughs> unless, you know, I was speeding down the highway. But I, that's the thing that, that makes me mad. And, and Joe Klatt mentioned it. It's about confirmation bias. You know, some people will take the narrative of something and twist it around and try to use it against someone. And I don't think that I don't think that was really fair of Colin to do that to Baker Mayfield, because to be honest with you, to walk on twice, not get highly recruited, get the team to win, get actually the team to the national championship playoff in the semifinal, which was a great game that they had the possibility to win, go down to Ohio State and get the win there and win the Heisman Trophy. I think really kind of outweighs him getting chased by the cops on a drunken night that usually most 21, 22-year-olds do. Yeah, and then on the field antics, like we, like people want to kind of say, oh, look at all these on the field antics. Look at these guys, you know, acting reckless. I mean, I love the 30 for 30 about the U. Like the 80s, that's all Miami did. Or Lawrence you know Taylor. What? People hated them then. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you know what? They won. And people hated them because they won. People hated them because it was successful. And they danced while they were successful. They were trash-talking, doing all kinds of same stuff that were criticizing Baker Mayfield for doing. I mean, not, not to the extent that the U did it, but, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's college football. It's similar to the pro football. Like, we like celebrations. We like, you know, excitement. We like things like that. Like, that's just the name of the game. Right. Now let's get to the Patriots, and Rich asked a good question about this. What is New England's mindset in trading Cooks? Now I've heard this rumor. Um, Some people are saying that Cooks was traded to get the draft picks. Obviously, uh, Belichick does a lot of business with Cleveland, even though people think he's bitter towards them. But if you've looked at his track record, he's picked up a lot of former Cleveland players to play with the Patriots, and I think he's done a couple trades with them. Uh some people are saying that they could possibly use the tr- uh, the draft picks and possibly move up in the draft, maybe get Darnold, because some people are saying that Cleveland isn't too sure who they want as quarterback. They do know that they want at the one and the four pick, possibly getting Barkley maybe, but they don't know who they want at the quarterback. Do they get Barkley first and then wait to the end to get their quarterback? Do they trade to get more draft picks and then pick who they want later on at four? Uh, they're dangling that pick out there. But what do you think New England's going to do? I've also heard this, that they've been eyeing Logan Woodside. Now, I, I just heard that off the cuff, that they possibly they're saying that this, you know, Logan Woodside could be the next Jimmy G, and they might be eyeing him to be under Brady and get that tutelage. What do you say? Well, I think another name and another rumor that's been floating around is 
the Giants spent all season saying, hey, we won two first-round picks for Odell Beckham. Patriots, two first-round picks. That's one rumor that I've heard of kind of a name being flown out. But I don't think the Giants, one, are that stupid to trade. You know, two, first, two late first-round picks for Odell Beckham Jr., who is the target. Even if there is a plethora of wide receivers, it's just none of them are at the elite level of Odell Beckham Jr. So I think that scrapped out the way. But I think the Patriots, I think they really use these two picks that they have because, yes, you know, perennial AFC champions, but they they lost some depth this year. They lost some, you know, strength in the secondary. They need help on the line. And, you know, of course, at quarterback. So I have just in the secondary with the 23rd pick, and I've been taking Justin Reed to safety out of Stanford. And I've seen uh, floating around between Stanford, uh, Justin Reed, or do they go kind of cornerback here? I, I just think Justin Reed can also he can play safety, but he can also come down and play in the cornerback as well. And I think that's something that the Patriots will look for, kind of decent size, ball hawk, kind of doesn't make many mistakes, if any at all. I think he'd be the kind of the perfect Patriot guy in the secondary. Now we go on to the Panthers. Uh, Rich thought that maybe the Giants pass on running back Barkley, but we talked about that in the the 2.0, the first picks, 1 through 15, were kind of in the later part of the draft. But I forget. Now you said the Giants were going to get a quarterback, right, not Barkley. Uh, yeah, right. I I'm, I'm taking Josh Rosen. That's right, Josh Rosen. Now we go to the Panthers. What do they get at 24? I have the Panthers going wide receiver and taking Christian Kirk from Texas A&M because they, like Cam Newton needs help. Like, they got Christian McCaffrey who can help at the running back position. He can also, you know, he's a good pass-catching running back. But a pure wide receiver, like, they need someone with hands because, dear God, Carolina has had some rough wide receiver play as of late. Well, Benjamin was probably their only bright spot, really. Uh, Greg Olson, you know, when he's when he's healthy and not thinking about broadcasting, you know, he's pretty decent as well. Rich want to say, Landry's a fourth-round trade. What is OBJ's value? What do you do to give up, to get for the Giants to move and say, we'll give you, and obviously you just said two late first-round picks ain't going to get it done for OBJ. What does someone have to do to get OBJ if the Giants really are willing to trade him? Well, I think if well, one you have to consider kind of health wise, and so I think just kind of Giants ownership to kind of think in their heads. They're thinking they want top fifteen picks. They want top twenty picks. They don't want picks from playoff teams. They want like, hey, can we get two plug and play right now? We don't have to wait too long for, like, high-caliber players. So I'm thinking in their, you know, just to channel their minds a little bit, they're probably thinking, hey, if we can get a top five, you know, top ten pick, maybe a team like the Browns would pull the trigger. They'd be like, hey, you know, we'll take one in the four off your hands, maybe swap the two for, you know, another pick in the future in a future draft. And then we'll give you Odell Beckham Jr. You can have the number two pick. Like, that's the kind of deal that I think the Giants are thinking about. Where instead of Patriots right now, they 
23 and their their pick at 31. Like I don't I don't know if that's enough for Odell Beckham. Like even with injury prone, even with kind of not being in the prime of his career, but close, he's, he's around that age to where this is this is the Odell Beckham Jr. that is supposed to break out, and he's consistently in that top five wide receiver conversation. So he's already at the elite level. It's you know, what's next. So now I gotta ask you this: uh, Who's ne- actually the Titans? Who do they pick at twenty-five? There are the Titans going offensive line. I've been taking Colton Miller, the offensive tackle from UCLA, solid, solid offensive lineman. You know, kind of big guy, run block well, pass block well, doesn't make too many mistakes. I think it's a safe pick for Tennessee. And then at twenty-six, who are the Dirty Bird Falcons? They also need help on the defense during in the trenches. So I'm taking Taven Bryan, the defense tackle from Florida. Another safe pick, another addressing the need. And then the Saints, they come marching in. They still have Drew Brees. But how much longer can Drew Brees really compete at quarterback? Are they going to try to get a quarterback here, maybe groom him, or what's, what's this? Sir, I, I thought about quarterback. I haven't seen too many mantras for they go quarterback. I actually have him addressing another knee, which is the tight end position. And I've been taking Mike Kisecki, the tight end from Penn State, mm-hmm. because, you know, they tried to work out with Kobe Fleener. That really didn't pan out too well. And so another weapon for Drew Brees in that dome and the best tight end on the board, I think it would be a safe pick. Now, Rich wants to know what if, um, the Patriots wanted to trade Gronkowski because we know he said he's kind of unhappy. What if they traded him to Carolina for Greg Olson and picks? Uh, I, for me, I wouldn't put the trigger on that move if I was New England or Carolina because even though Gronkowski is younger, he's beat like up. there's still that. Yeah, it's that physicality. Like he's taking a lot of hits. He's been to a, you know on the operating table a lot. And if I'm the Patriots. Why would I want to get, even if I do get the draft picks, why would I want to get older in Greg Olson in a position to where Gronkowski is arguably the most reliable weapon Tom Brady has? True. That's very true. And so, I mean, unless you're talking about like two, you know, two or three first round picks plus Gronkowski or plus Greg Olson, because I mean, is Greg Olson really worth, you know, a first or second round pick at this age? Considering, you know, he's at the tail end of his career. He's also had, you know, injury problems in recent memory. Yeah, and Brady's getting old too. But you're right. Yeah, I don't know about Gronkowski. And he's and he seemed like his mindset is not really with the game anymore. You know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, he's looking at other avenues, so to speak. Now we move on to your Steelers at twenty eight. Yeah, and I I tried to be sensible, I thought, you know You try not to be need- a homer, basically. Yeah, but then I realized everyone in Pittsburgh knows we're taking a linebacker. It's like we, we don't even need to do a mock draft to figure that. Like, we don't need a mock draft. We knew that going into the season. We know that every year because regardless of what we need, and I think it would be better for us if we went cornerback, you know, because that's a need that we kind of actually need. 
fun. I haven't taken Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama, because it's the Steelers. We're just it's Cleveland Brown picking a quarterback, the Ravens picking an offensive lineman, and the Steelers drafting a linebacker. Like those things always happen in the first round of the NFL draft, regardless of the year. So while I don't think, you know, it's like yes, we need. Do we need a linebacker position? Yeah, but I would also say that we need cornerback, we need safety a lot more than we need a linebacker. Because we there were times when our secondary was the reason why we got blown out of the game. Now, how about number 29, the Jags, and your second favorite team? At first, first I thought they would pull the trick on the quarterback, you know, because we all know Blake Bortles is here. But I'm, I'm going for an even bigger need, and I'm taking Cortland Sutton wide receiver from SMU because they do not have a wide receiver like at all. Like I understand they have Marcus Lee or Marquise Lee, but is he really like a top tier receiver? They need someone who can, you know, take top off defenses and I think Corlin Sutton best available running for a wide receiver at that time for them. Now what about the Vikings at thirty? Or I think they too will address the trench trenches like many teams in this first round. I'm taking Isaiah Wynn, the offensive lineman from Georgia, just to you know protect their new investment. The guy that they gave all the money to. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's an investor or not, but yeah, you got to protect him. If you're going to pay that money, you got to pay the money and use the draft pick to you know. I'm sure he stays upright. I'm wondering. Uh, I, I I'm wondering why Blake Bortles um, <laughs> got that re-signed with that money. I I kind of think he's the main reason why uh, New England hasn't, or no, excuse me, Jacksonville didn't get past New England. Uh, Rich wants to know: Do the Steelers sign Cap? I doubt that's going to uh, happen because Cap has a lawsuit against the league. And uh, when you bite the hand that feeds you, uh, I'm pretty sure they're not going to sign you. Well, I mean, if Cap would have, if Cap were to get signed, he would have been signed by now. I think a best, you know, they mulled around kind of, oh, Cap to Baltimore, they tease that out a little bit, but then they bring in RG, they sign RG three recently, yeah, <laughs> who is a, you know, lesser version of Colin Kaepernick, one who's you know injury prone, the guy injury prone to, I mean, Colin Kaepernick was a couple, you know, yards away from winning a Super Bowl, for crying out loud. Like, people forget that RG, like, or Colin Kaepernick was a solid playmaker, and then people continue to bring up, oh, you don't want your backup quarterback making noise, you don't want them being a distraction for the team. Like, really? Like, I mean, Tim Tebow was on a, you know, for the New England Patriots roster for a short time. Like and like everyone was talking about like Tim Tebow got more press than Tom Brady. Man, he's been crushing like, in double A ball. How hard, like, do you realize how hard it is for you to get more attention in the locker room than Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> like, now, right? You're, yeah, yeah you're, you're totally right. Yeah, you're right. Next coming up, the Vikings at thirty. You got Kirk sure. Cousins now. Yeah, this is where I was taking Isaiah Wynn, the offensive lineman from Georgia. Okay. So, kind of safe bet, protecting her cousin. Yeah, million, eighty-four million dollar investment. 
got to want to keep him upright. What about now at 31 with the Pats? This is where the Patriots do Patriot things, and everyone's just like, <laughs> really, we let, we let New England do this to us again? I haven't taken Lamar Jackson. What? Why Lamar Jackson? I mean, we saw it's not unprecedented that um, Jacoby, you know, the New England will have a kind of a different kind of quarterback to back up Tom Brady. Jacoby Brissett for a long time backed up Tom Brady, and then he went to Indianapolis and did well despite not having anyone really around him other than T.Y. Hilton and a you know, 45-year-old Frank Gore. I just think Bill Belichick is going to play mind games. It's not as though, and we've talked about it leading up to this point, uh, Lamar Jackson, I continue to say, is the best quarterback prospect because he has the arm, because he has the leg, and because while you know people are worried about, oh, he's a dual threat, does he really fit in a pro-style offense, like he's still an athlete at the highest level. He still has good mechanics. He's solid arm, but then the outside of the scrimmage ability. And you can do more with him in the backfield. And just, just think about Lamar Jackson in that backfield with all the trickeration that happened. You don't think he can excel plus learning at the feet of Tom Brady? Like it, it's something that, yes, is you know, kind of one of those crazy picks, but then when you really think about it, it's like Bill Belichick playing mind games would totally do something like that because he's going to, unless, you know, and people are saying, oh, someone's going to trade up. What if the Bills trade up to get Lamar Jackson? What if Houston trades back into the first round and get Lamar Jackson? I think if he's there at 31, why let him slip any further? Why let him go to, because you know the Cleveland Browns aren't going to take him. You know, if the Giants... If any of the teams pick any of these kind of the big four or big three, I guess, between Rosen, Darnold, and Allen, those are the teams that need quarterback. And so is he? are you going to trade up if you're Arizona to get him? Maybe. I mean, where, where else would it be more poetic for him to go? Kind of everyone's talking about, oh, Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that. Give him the Bill Belichick, and I guarantee you that he would be utilized as a crazy weapon Ooh. and frustrate the other 31 teams in the league. You heard it here first. Lamar Jackson could be a weapon for the Patriots if he gets with the genius uh, Bill Belichick. We have to finish up the segment because we got um, in the radio shop or whatever that show is called, or in the record store, excuse me, uh, coming up next in a few minutes. Last pick, Philadelphia Eagles. Who to go with, David? Well, I've been going linebacker as well to kind of solidify and help replenish. I've been going Darius Leonard, the linebacker from Carolina State. Wow. But I got, I got to say that the, the best part of this segment was the Lamar Jackson hit. We got up for the weekend, David. Well, you know, football, you know, kind of sharing up the mock draft as we get close to the draft, watching a little bit of, you know, world football or soccer, as we call it here in the state. Mm-hmm. Sports weekend all around. Oh, yeah, and the weather's supposed to be still kind of bad outside, too, as well. Hopefully, it'll start warming up. But, David, man, have a good weekend, man. All right, you too. That was David the man that got Harris giving it to you for the mock draft as we uh, 
get on out of here. Uh, David, uh, once again, thanks so much. And uh, once again, Rich Egan, thanks for uh, coming in here on the show as uh, we're going to get on out of here for uh, today as uh, we got all the way to about 1.30, which is pretty good uh, here as we're in the live in the studio. We had Frank Vashner on earlier. Uh, I forget. He said, what was our Dolphins pick? What were the Dolphins? I'm trying to think. Where were the Dolphins at? Uh, I think that was in Mock Draft 1.0. Yes, they had the 11th pick. So, Rich, if you go back to Mock Draft 2.0, picks 1 through 15, you'll find out what the Dolphins pick. We were just doing 16 through uh, 32 today, actually. This has been a presentation of 88.3 WXUT's after further review, <laughs> Rich put, oh, Vita Vea, uh, defensive tackle from Washington, as David chimed in, as Rich Egan said, someone terrible. You know how it is with this live and everything, interacting with the fans. You can listen to us several ways. You got us on SoundCloud. That's WXUT's After Further Review. Also, you can listen to us on the iTunes. It's just After Further Review. But it's also both had the picture of Frank Bashner in the horse's head with his Ida Blue Streaks had if you listen to the show he's actually now the social media director for the rival school Dundee so he is Frank Benedict Bashner also thanks to Darren Cohn the coach spreading that knowledge about the NBA and college once again for Frank and David I'm Derek Lawson I'm out peace we'll see you Saturdays 11 to 1